Hey guys, welcome back to the Woodworking Podcast. My name is Nick Ferry. You can be, I, I can be found at nickferry.com, also at my house occasionally. Um, joined with Jay Bates of jayscustomcreations.com and April Wilkerson of wilkerdoos.com. Hello, hello, everyone. Howdy. 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 <laughs> Before we get into it, let me thank the uh, contributors from last week uh, over on PayPal. John Wilson, Louis Uberg, or Uberg, sorry if I'm getting that wrong, and then Todd Reimer. And then also we started a Patreon page. If you go to patreon.com forward slash the woodworking podcast, and uh, you can be uh, pledging over there if that is your your media of choice or your, your avenue of choice. Either way, uh, I want to thank uh, Terry Burns Dyson, Christopher Michael Copes, and St. Nickster, which, I don't know, that's that's a cool name. Saint I was Nickster. just thinking, Nickaroonie? No, it's Nickster. I like that. <laughs> I might be calling you that. <laughs> well, you know, like, uh, yeah. Anyways, you guys don't want to know half the nicknames, but I, one popular one that I have from a couple of buddies is Ray Ray. Ray Ray. Ray Ray, because of Ray Nitschke, and Nitschke sounds like Nick. And Okay, okay, yeah. I see the connection. It's like putting call 1 you and 13 together. <laughs> I I can't necessarily say that this was this nickname was developed completely sober. I'm not claiming that, <laughs> but I'm just saying that it it it's out there. Anyways, <laughs> all right, jumping right into uh, what we got kind of on the bench type things. Um, I am working on my outfeed slash attem- assembly assembly table. Uh, adding some some bins, some shoebox plastic bins underneath for more organization to put all my tchotchke items. And uh, <laughs> I'm also adding uh, some craft paper to the side uh, like we did when I visited Jay to kind of keep glue and finish off the, the main surface. And also, I'm adding to the surface so that I can uh, use some holdfasts. Oh. Because uh, when Jay and April built it, it was just a three-quarter inch top, and I figured, hey... I might as well have some dog holes in there and, you know, get to use some dogs and some holdfasts. And the only crappy thing, and this, <laughs> it's it's kind of ironic that I'm working on organizing the shop. I need to find my router jig so that I can make this, and I can't find it because my shop isn't organized enough. Mm. <laughs> the ever-ending cycle. Hey, did you, are you going to trim it out? And what, 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 what did you say you were going with? Maple? Oh. I was gonna do no. I was gonna do walnut. Walnut. I we'll we'll see if I have time. I'm kind of under the gun. April and Jay know that I I, I messed up my leg pretty good. Uh, I like, kicked him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she kicks like a mule. <laughs> no, I uh, like like stretched or pulled my my calf muscle in my left leg, and I've been hobbling around, which is. It's even funnier for a, a fat guy to be hobbling around. It just it looks more natural that way. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hobbling but, or wobbling? No, I, no, I weebles wobble, but they don't <laughs> fall down. But I'm not a weeble, so I've, I've occasionally fallen down. <laughs> no, oddly enough, this is completely unrelated to woodworking, but I feel the need to tell it. Uh, we were at a, a, a birthday party two weeks ago in Madison, and my kid was, it was kind of on a busy street, This the way that, where these people lived. And my kid was getting awfully close to like going out in the street. And I heard my wife yell his name. 
and he didn't turn around and I jumped out of that chair to where like 15 people are like, wow, he's kind of got ninja moves for a fat guy. <laughs> that was scary a bit though, huh? Oh yeah. It, my, my youngest is, you really got to watch that kid. I, and it, and it sucks because my youngest or my oldest, sorry, in the, in the shop, he's, he's real responsible. I always tell him, you know, make sure to wear like the proper, uh, you know, footwear if you want to be out in the shop with me and make sure that, you know, sawdust is slippery. And then I told him about, you know, like the sharp edges of the table saw top. And he heeds all that advice. My youngest, no, he just... He's running around with scissors? Yeah, hell on (laughs) wheels, you know. Like, I mean, I told the kid, I I gave him a gas and matches. I said, go play in the backyard, you know, and he wants to just run around (laughs) my shop, so... (laughs) Uh, <laughs> Anyways, enough enough of my shenaniganry. What uh, what do you got going on, April? Oh, same thing. Outfit table. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, the three of us are collaborating on outfit tables. All three of us have a little bit different of a video. Uh, Jay, you, you're making one for your shop. That is no the one that we made in Nick's shop. Uh, uh-huh. We did a video on when we were in Wisconsin. Well, obviously, um, you were in the video, but yes. Uh, <laughs> but then so I'm making I used... a folding one. And then right. you were doing... Uh, I'm, I've got that video, but I've already made mine. It's an exact same uh, style of, of the one Nick has, but just sized for my needs. So it's the exact gotcha. same construction and everything. So I mentioned it on my vlog video, uh, vlog channel, but I didn't want to you know make another video on it because it's the exact same thing we made for Nick. It's just sized slightly different. So I mentioned it. Uh, there's no video on it. And, and you know, when I made that, when I got back from Wisconsin and made that... Uh, it was such a, just kind of a nice little relaxing, the camera's not on kind of video, mm-hmm. you know, just, just make it right. It was pretty cool. But anyway, oh, go that's ahead what I was trying time. to get at. So your video is that you're really on your channel is going to be the, of the one that we built in Wisconsin in Nick's shop. Nick's Correct. video is going to be him accessorizing and adding to the one that Jay and I built him. And then my video will be the folding down rendition of the outfit table. Correct. Okay, great. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm part of this collaboration and I'm getting it mixed up. Okay, great. So yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm working on the outfit table, the uh, folding down. I started on it last week before heading off to my parents and got, I don't even know, maybe 60, 70% of it done. I have the mounting block that actually mounts to my table saw. And then I have the uh, table portion, the flat top. So now I just need to connect the two, make sure that it's going to be level whenever it folds out and then also figure out how I'm going to do the legs and any other like smallest accessories because see i built a uh, a mounting block that attaches to the back of my cell stop um and it goes out eight inches so whenever the table is actually folded down i have quite a bit of room in between the back of the what is the underside of the table and the saw stop uh cabinet or the, the table saw cabinet. So I'm thinking about if I can add like some sneaky squirrely shelving in there to where whenever the table is folded up, I'll have a spot to like put a drill or a ham- hammer or something like that. So yeah, just playing around with different ideas. I'll see what I have time for. Of course, the three of us are leaving to WIA. Uh, they're leaving Thursday. I'm leaving Friday. So we're all limited time on this. Yeah. You don't necessarily have to do like the accessorizing right now. You could revisit it later on, maybe make a some type of small little shelving system for dado blades and push sticks and stuff like that. Stuff that or feather boards, stuff you use at the table saw, but not necessarily all the time. Well, since it folds down, I'm going to need something or some sort of shelving that um, will work in the down position if, if I want to keep things there whenever it's in down. But I'm thinking that I'm more than likely just going to have them open to where I'll only utilize the shelving if it's stored in the up position. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know how you are for shop space around your table saw, but I got a feeling Limited. that you're going to you're going to leave it up more so than it is down. Well, if it's up, it's in the way of my bandsaw. So well, let me just completely take that back then. <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't know. I love I love being able to fold away the workbenches, but you might be right because the three folding workbenches that I have currently in my shop, they're all always folded down. The only time that they're folded up is whenever I'm like cleaning. Uh, so, Jay, what are you working on since your outfit table's already done? So this week is a really short week, and I've got to actually do some double time on it because next week I'm going to be gone as well. So uh, Thursday morning I'm leaving for about a week and a half. You might as well say two weeks because i got to cram so much crap into uh, a little time. Uh, so this week, uh, I'm, it's kind of beneficial that we did have all of this collaboration footage that we kind of pushed back until it was appropriate to actually release, which is the, it now is the time. Well, it's actually going to help me out because as I'm going to be gone for the next week and a half, two weeks, then uh, I need to get today, tomorrow, and possibly the next day. We're recording this on Monday, by the way. I uh, get all of this stuff edited from Wisconsin. Plus, I want to do a couple articles, like a recap article, because we took a ton of pictures. I know I did. And then, like, an article on, on Bob Close's place. Um, so I've just got a lot of computer work this week, editing articles, um, trying to get a bunch of stuff scheduled. Thank goodness for being able to schedule stuff on the Internet these days. And um, just trying to trying to rock and roll with that, as well as prepare for the two weeks that I'm going to be gone with personal stuff, household stuff, getting all my ducks in a row here and and all that good stuff. And I think I actually still have to make one more little gift before I go, uh, which if I do, I'm probably going to recreate something quick and easy that I've already done. Uh, there's probably no way for me to take the time to record anything. So it's just a lot of a lot of busy work, and I need to do a lot of scheduling still because... While I am going to be gone, I still have to do some work too, and I'd like to shoot a couple of videos uh, with my brother while I'm in Michigan, maybe make a picnic table or something like that with him. And then also I have to, um, or I don't have to, also I'm going to um, probably uh, swing by DIY Tyler, Tyler G on YouTube, uh, his place, and check out his shop and uh, try and plan some stuff for it. So just a lot of clerical stuff this this week one one of the cool things uh i had a uh, uh one of my viewers built my table saw sled and he was emailing me uh steven riley and he asked okay now i got this done he sent me some pictures it looks awesome but then he was asking about outfeed tables and he goes you got any suggestions for outfeed tables so i just thought it was perfect timing i said just wait one week and we'll have three versions with accessories and different features and stuff. So that way you'll be able to get a good good idea of different options to go with. That's cool. It's cool how that works out. I had this similar situation when I redid uh, my clamp rack a couple of weeks ago. It was convenient for other people trying to do some clamp rack stuff. I got that feedback anyway. So, yeah, that's neat. That is yeah, really cool. I, I, I try to, I mean, I try to, you know, take all the feedback you get. And I wish there was just more hours in the day because right now I have... I think six projects that I'm working on that are, as of right now, they're not even YouTube related. And I just wish I had time to film some of that. And some of them are just experiments to see if I can get them to work a couple of jigs, a couple of different finishing techniques and stuff. And I just wish I had more time to 
you know, I think it'd be kind of cool to show. And I, and I don't want to show it halfway and then, you know, never finish. And people want to say, oh, well, how did it come along? And I'll be like, well, I didn't really, it kind of fizzled out, you know, but that's bound to happen. Yeah, I agree. Or uh, sometimes people say, or I think we've gotten the question before on the podcast saying, is there anything you do differently since you record? And the time constraint is definitely part of it. Like with you, if I had more time, then I would probably add a few more accessories or think about uh, what else can I add? But since I'm working, especially this week with just a four day period, it limits me on exactly uh, how much I can put into the video or the project at this point. And like what you say, I mean, once you do it, then you, yeah, you could always revisit it. But uh, oftentimes it's just very easy for the motivation to fizzle out and you're moving on to something else. Which a plus side, and I know probably the, the videotaping part doesn't interest a whole lot of people, but the plus side to it is it does keep like a deadline over your head. Uh, there's a lot of projects that before I ever did YouTube, I would lose interest in and they would, they would on their own just kind of fizzle out. But at least this way, there's a stick to to, you know, hey, you got to get this done because you can't, you know, spend all this time filming half of it and then just give up. Yeah. There's a what? What'd you say? A stick to Yeah. You got to have stick to <laughs> Gosh, man. We got to coin don't, that phrase. I do like don't, that. Don't, That's a good one, Nick. Did you come up with that just now? No. I've been, well, I, I didn't come up with it just now, but I've been saying that for a while. I don't think I ever invented that one. It's not Yiddish, though, so we don't have to go down that, that path. <laughs> I don't need to Google it. Well, you guys ever get that, you know, at a, a boss will give you, a, you know, he'll write T-U-I-T on a piece of paper and then cut out a circle. And then when, when the employees are like, well, whenever I get around to it, and then he'll hand you the round to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've never heard that. Someone's, yeah, it's a, a to it. That is, that is round. So you get a round to it. I got round one. Um. Oh, who was it? Oh, I'm, I'm forgetting the name, and I apologize for that. Uh, someone, uh, I think they CNC'd one and sent it to me. <laughs> it was pretty cool. It was kind of like the size yeah. of, if I'm not mistaken, it was like the size of like a challenge coin. Hmm. That's cool. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah, it's it's funny. My vernacular is, is it seems to amuse both of you. Yeah, you, you, I kind of get a kick out of you, Nick. I was thinking about how we like bicker sometimes and about how we joke around all the time. And it's just, I think the, the three of us are, I think our relationship's really cool. Like we, uh, we're coming like a little, little family almost, you know? <laughs> like frickin' frack. We're like a couple tchotchkes sitting on the show. Little tchotchkes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're tchotchkes sitting on the shelf. My mom would always next say Next to that you and next to me. <laughs> next to the shirts. My mom would always say, if you know, if, if you were in good company or like they were coercing in something like kids, you'd be like, "Oh, look at here comes frickin' frack." Yeah, I don't know what that's from either, but I just remember my mom saying it. Frick frack, frickin' frack. Which, speaking of which, yesterday I found out my mom listens to this podcast. Really? So I just want to, yeah, I want to say hi, mom. Hi, next mom. Hi, next mom. <laughs> I my was talking. I was talking to her, and I'm like, wow, you I said you, you don't have any interest in woodworking. And it just goes back to that maternal nature of, she goes, but this is something you do, so I want to I make sure I catch it. Uh-huh. Yeah, That's it was so, so cool. cute. I liked so, your yeah. mom. So you always want to move into some questions? Or wait, let's, I know we talked about WIA, but did we talk about the actual meetup? That let's do planned? it again, because I'm excited about WIA, so I am dying to talk about it. Yeah, we didn't reference where we're going to be hanging out. So the meetup, are, since... 
Woodworking in America is in, why can I not remember the name of the city? Covington, Kentucky? Yeah. Correct. Okay. All right. Covington, Kentucky, just south of the river of Cincinnati. Uh, September 16, 17, and 18. The marketplace is on 16 and 17. And all three of us are going to the marketplace. I think April's going to be there just on Saturday. I am. Right? I'm coming in late. Well, I'll come, I'll, I'll come in on like around four o'clock on Friday. So I doubt I'll be at the marketplace. Right. But Saturday you will. And uh, will. we're all, I don't know what we're going to be doing, moseying around, whatever. Uh, I know there's a couple of personal things that uh, I would personally like to check out at the show just, just as a uh, consumer. Uh, but anyway, uh, we're going to be hanging out on Saturday, September 17th, around 6 p.m. at the Moreland Lager House. It is, according to Google Maps, a 17-minute walk across the bridge into Cincinnati. Well, of course, you could drive or whatever. Um, but it looked like a pretty cool place. Uh, so, And it was recommended by a couple of people to us, so that's what we chose. And I'll have a link in the article for this video as well. Uh, to their website. It's moorlandloggerhouse.com. M-O-E-R-L-E-I-N. Yep. It'd be cool if you could stop by. If you see us in the marketplace, of course, stop us and say hello. We'll probably be all moseying together. And then, yeah, looking forward to it. We're gonna Are we going to try to record a live podcast while there? That would be cool. That would I be know cool. you really want to. So we should, um, I guess, pack our mics, huh? Uh, plan for a possibility of it. We'll be moseying around like three tchotchkes <laughs> i don't know if that's ever gonna tire out guys so be prepared for a constant running joke <laughs> let us let us know on the woodworkingpodcast.com in the comment section of of this if uh or i suppose in any social media but i know i look at the website a little bit more often but let us know if a live thing would be i, I have no idea we'd have to have jay do the technology all i know is how to point my mouth towards the microphone and put on headphones so Jay's the tech savvy one of us three. Uh, I know how to Google. I know how to Google very well. <laughs> Live from Covington, this is the Woodwork. See, I got to be able to say that. Well, I thought you were on a roll. What, what was wrong with that? Well, because we're not live right now. Okay, okay. Oh, you're saying you want to be able to say that. I, I know. I, I was I was rehearsing. I, I, we'll, we'll try I'm, to make I'm it hoping, happen. I'm hoping Jay can make my dreams come true. What about me? Why well, am I not if you, included? If, if you want to do the tech end of it, I was because oh, I'm okay. relying. Yeah. No, no, no. Jay, make the dreams come true. <laughs> I'll see what I. I'll see what my people can do. All right. I'll, I'll check my with the talk Googles. to your people. Yeah. Check All the right. Google box. Just to uh, get off that and jump into some questions, uh, Figuora Concepts on Instagram asks, "Do you guys ever talk to yourselves when you're in the shop?" I do. My wife trips out about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't ever talk to myself necessarily when I'm in the shop, but uh, if a good song comes on, which is always a good song because for the past three months, I've just had Appetite for Destruction, uh, Guns N' Roses album on loop when I've been out there. So it's like a constant good song. Uh, it's reliable. It, right. I'll just like, you know, <laughs> jam into the music kind of thing, nodding my head as I go. And I don't really sing because they do a better job at it and I'd rather listen. But no, I don't. I I talk I talk to myself. I make a lot of goofy noises, like uh, just when I I had an aha moment to use my router jig, and my wife was home for lunch, and I'm like, yeah, and she's like, she she comes out, opens the door, she goes, what? I'm like, I I I thought to use my my router jig. You, you, you can go back to your sandwich. But then I'm I'm very I'm very. Uh, 
I'm very hard on myself with uh, if I if I make a mistake or I'm looking for something and it's right in front of me. <laughs> the the expletives fly towards myself. Agreed. It's, it's like, man, you you know, I'm not going to make Jay go through the editing beeping, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. I cuss. Uh, profoundly, especially the same thing whenever I think it's obvious or I drop stuff or um, I can't find something, which is super frustrating. But then even like I, I'm dyslexic. So if I only solely think in my head, uh, it's very often to come out incorrect. So I either have to write it down or say it out loud, just kind of like reaffirm, yes, this is the right direction to move in. Uh, same thing about Jay. If good songs come on. I'm always singing. So yeah, my shop is is a very noisy place and it's the radio and me making all of it. <laughs> <laughs> I only sing if it's like a Taylor Swift song. <laughs> hey, I won't judge. I won't judge you. <laughs> okay, maybe some, maybe some Megan Trainer too. I don't know. I thought you liked Pink. Or is that I Jay? I like Pink. That like Pink. I like Pink. She's a good singer. I think she's attractive. I find her attractive. <laughs> I like Pink in the middle of my steaks. I'm talking about the singer, by the way. I don't like oh. name name colors. And anyway, um. <laughs> you're gonna start getting mail with everything <sighs> showing up as pink. Yeah, this train derailed again, like you said last week. Ha- so hashtag the next... Jay likes pink. Let's see. Yeah, hashtag not. Everybody send Jay pink everything. <laughs> yes. All right. Next question. <laughs> uh, petite, pe- petite from age. Is that what it is? F- fromage. Fromage. Well, yeah. it could be either way. It could be petite fromage or petite from age. Oh, um, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, Instagram question. What is the one thing you wished someone would ask you, but they never do? That question. That question. That's... I, I have nothing. I have no idea. Have you lost weight, Nick? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, six foot two, Jay? <laughs> In all all seriousness, I wish people would say, hold on, I'm not understanding you clearly. Let me let me clarify, you know, or can you please clarify? Because if there's a one word that describes me that I'm self-describing, it's misunderstood. And I've offended many over the years because of that. But then also I even had a a, a theater gig today. Uh, The the, uh, director had called me. And said, you know, can you still do this? I'm like, no, that was that was back in April that I told you to email me the specifics. And she, oh, I, well, I thought, you know, you were on vacation or something. I'm like, I haven't been on vacation since April, you know. <laughs> but so it, it there was a, a, you know, breakdown in communication. So That's a good song. Communication breakdown, Led Zeppelin. There you That's going to be stuck in my head. There you go. <laughs> Put the guns and roses aside. Oh, this this uh, this episode is hashtag music or something. Hmm. Hashtag tchotchke. Well, we already did that we one. We already did Anyways, it. <laughs> moving right along. The Dan Helfgott. Flocking versus adhesive line felt for the box for box interiors. And if neither, what would you go with? I haven't yet made a box that does either, but I like the flocking technique. I've seen it done on, uh, I think, David Picciuto and somebody else did it. Anyways, it looks interesting. I've never done either, but I'd like to do flocking just so that when I hand somebody a box, I'd I'd, just tell them I flocked it. And they have (laughs) no idea what I'm talking about. Or maybe maybe it's misunderstood and it'd just be a great conversation. Yeah, I flocked it for you. 
You should make a few and then take a bet on how many people just smile graciously saying, oh, thank you. And then how many people actually say, what is what, that? What, what, what did you do to my box? Yeah. I what, flocked what? it. <laughs> this, this could derail. I'm, and I'm going to help the train derail here. But So when you do the flocking, you do it in a, in a, in a larger box to capture all the... So that's that's your flocking box, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh gosh, right I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> no, I love it. That's actually a really good running. The the look on Jay's face, he's like, uh oh, I got Nick spun up here. Uh oh. <laughs> All right. Um, so what about you, I've, Nick? <clears throat> I've done uh, flocking, uh, adhesive lined, adhesive lined. The only reason it's a pain in the butt is because you have to almost think as a packaging designer. Uh, to get all the you know flaps and seams to line up, you know it's you're taking a, a piece of uh, self you know adhesive lined felt and in a two dimension and building it up to be three dimensional, and you don't want to have you know patches and mistakes, so that can be uh, challenging, and the results aren't you know spectacularly better than flocking. Flocking is just you know a lot easier. You paint on some you know colored adhesive and spray on the flocking and it can be a little bit messy because of the nature of the, the flocking material. Uh, another thing I really like to do is pick uh, some craft foam, some like two, three, four millimeter craft foam that is of a complementary color to the finish that you used and then just line the bottom so that there's a kind of a soft. So if you set any type of knickknacks or tchotchkes into the bottom <laughs> of the box, you're not getting like a wood on metal noise. And it's just, it's just you know, I did that on my, my bandsaw box. I, I think I, I believe I did that on my bandsaw box video. It's just a, like a brown uh, craft foam. What is your least used tool from Jillian Woodworking? My least used tool is hashtag Team Spindle Sander. Oh, yes, that's a good one. My spindle sander that I never use. I don't know. I think it would be a cross because I've, I've used them both once. I've used my biscuit joiner once and I've used my spindle sander once. So I'm trying to think if there's anything in my shop that I've never used, but I don't think there is. I would have to say, and I bet you Jay and April would agree with me on this one, is it's a toss-up between uh, my push broom and my vacuum. Yeah, probably. <laughs> your, your I bet the push collector? broom does get a little bit more <laughs> action than the vacuum. Least used tool. Gosh, I if I haven't used it in a year or two, I typically get rid of it. Um. Gosh, I really, I really. That's a that's a tough question for me because I, I I don't see a whole lot of if I haven't used it in three years, it doesn't doesn't have any value to me, and I just I Craigslist it or I throw it in a paper or whatever. But yeah, so. My biscuit joiner, my plate joiner, that's used infrequently, but when I need it, it comes in handy. Yeah. Um, my vice, too. I have a vice that's sitting on my shop floor, and I haven't mounted it just because I never use it because I have the super jaws, so I find that they, they do all my clamping needs for me so far. So, yeah, my vice is probably also one of the most unused tools in my shop. What are super jaws? Um, the locking clamping mechanism i use especially for like a lot oh, of on-site like, work where you use your foot yeah like that sawhorse looking thing yep okay i didn't know what that the name of it was okay cool yeah it's called the super jaws and i mean it's so handy because like if i need to cut a piece off with a uh, pull saw i clamp it in the super jaws or if i need to hold down material or use it as a, a clamp for a big glue up so yeah i almost never use a vice anymore even like bending metal i throw it in the super jaws and then just hammer it over you mentioned using a pole saw which is super convenient because the next question from 
uh, Melt Shop CFE IMF Melt Shop uh, asks uh, specifically, y'all like push saw or pull saw? <laughs> and I had that backwards, pull saw or push saw. Um, I prefer, if I had my way to cut something, I would prefer to use a push saw because I like the uh, the ergonomics of somewhat like a pistol grip handle and just the motion of a Western push saw more so than I like like holding like a dowel shape uh, using a pull saw. But that's not to say one uh, is better than the other. You can get you can complete the same task with each. And I do have some pull saws that I don't want to get rid of because there are situations where uh, just just due to the way a board is clamped or, or whatever the, the case may be, where a pull saw is more beneficial just because of the direction of the cutting. So I'm in the push saw camp, but pull saws are cool too. I don't think I even know the difference. I, I know I have a pull saw, but the only reason I know it's called a pull saw is because you told me it's a pull saw. Well, it's just the, the direction of the cut. It cuts oh, on the, the pull stroke. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I only have a pull saw in my shop, so I don't I don't know. Well, then you're in the pull saw camp. Um, I am in the same camp, I suppose. I reside in both camps. Uh, if it's cross cuts or rips, I'm going to say push saw. If it's like a flush cut or anything like that, I prefer the uh, pull saw because you're not you're not binding up the blade or anything like that. If you're if you're trying to cut a dowel to say flush with the wood surface and you got to push it, th- those blades are t- typically you know flexible and thin, so you're not trying to bind it up. You're just kind of pulling and it's a it's a lighter cut as well yeah pull saws are typically a much thinner curve with less less teeth set so if you're trying to do like a flush flush cut with a uh, push saw you're gonna probably mar up your surface moving on to the next question from sturkin jan buying uh big ticket machinery any tips when it comes to that big ticket or big ticket machinery is expensive do your research and Buy what you need, not what you think you need. That's a good tip. I would, I'd further that with uh, along the same thought lines. Make sure that you know if say if you're buying a uh, a standalone twelve inch joiner, make sure that the the joiner and make sure you have one currently that you constantly use, 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 and you know for months. You know, don't go. Well, I guess I'd really like a large you know bandsaw. Make sure that you are already, you know, needing it in your workflow because you'd hate to buy something going, wow, that's cool. I could do so much with it, but then find out that your workflow, you know, doesn't necessarily utilize it as much as you originally had anticipated. But, um, yeah, definitely do your research um, as far as, you know, set a budget and, and try and stick to that because it can snowball. If, you, if you're saying, I only want to spend two grand and I'll say, well, this one's only 2200 that's not much outside. Well, this one's only twenty six. That's not much above twenty. By the end of it, you're spending four or five grand. Yeah, again, definitely do your research on the big ticket machinery stuff uh, because not necessarily the machine itself, but what else is needed for that machine? You know, the electrical costs could add up if you need to run new lines. Uh, if you're looking at a nice big, you know, massive lathe, well, a lathe is a huge rabbit hole too. So there's always hidden costs with just about everything. Bandsaws. Bandsaws require blades that are uh, more expensive the longer you get. If you have a uh, like a you know 21 inch bandsaw with 18 inches of resaw capacity, that blade is probably going to cost a heck of a lot more than a little 14 inch bandsaw blade. So uh, there's a lot of hidden hidden costs with most machines. Um, 
so so do your research before like your entire research before you go out and buy one another thing that i'm going to add is you can assign like a, a point value system so get all your features including price you know footprint in the shop noise level quality of the motor size of the motor capacity uh, voltage it takes you know everything get all your parameters and then assign them a value of what's most important if you're buying say a planer and you need it to be 20 inches then you know rank that the highest point value and then move down from there and be like well i got plenty of room so footprint's not as important so that way when you're comparing three different models you can essentially rate them with a score you know this one it gets a 10 because it's you know a 20 inch this one's only an 18 inch so this gets like a zero you know that's another thing too yeah, compare costs too, because something that I like to do with just about everything is if this particular tool costs, let's say I'm buying a table saw, it's $3,000 and you compare it just, just the cost itself. Like what else could be $3,000 in my shop? Could I get away with the same uh, satisfaction of a $1,000 table saw and then also buy a real big jointer that I've, that my workflow has demanded? Well, you know, it's the same cost when it's all said and done, but which which avenue is better? So if, if I'm set on getting a table saw or whatever the case may be, take that cost and break it up into multiple of others and see like, because sometimes you may think like, well, man, I didn't, I didn't think of it like, you know, a new bandsaw, new jointer and a little bit less expensive table saw versus the more expensive one or, you know, for vice versa for other tools as well. So sometimes... Uh, the more expensive individual tool will win. And sometimes you'll realize that, oh, wow, my money really could be better spent uh, amongst other things as well. And I guess the only thing that I would add, because that's all great advice, is uh, whenever I was purchasing, I haven't purchased that many big uh, uh, items yet, other than my table saw and my, and my band saw. But whenever I was purchasing, especially like my table saw, I was thinking, I don't want to stair step up to the model that I want. I want to buy the what Jay always says, uh, buy the best you can afford. Um, and so whenever I was breaking down, looking at the bands or looking at the table saws, I was thinking this is definitely, I want to end up with the saw stop for the, the, the safety feature. And also it's just a, a very nice high quality saw. And I knew at that point that I was going to be in this craft and this hobby for the rest of my life. So it's, it was fine for me to be thinking this is a, a, an investment and uh, it's going to last me tons of years. So, yeah, I always think that's a good summarization that Jay says is just buy the best you can afford, especially if you know that you're going to be like sticking with this this uh, craft. Generally speaking. Yeah, generally speaking. Like, I mean, like what you said, I mean, uh, uh, breaking it up, maybe you need two different machines and you can get it out of your budget, sticking with the budget like what Nick said. I mean, there's a lot of different ways of looking at it whenever you're purchasing something big. So just evaluate your own situation and then go from there. We have a comment from MJ Lawler who asks, what is the link to the podcast? I'm a little behind. It is thewoodworkingpodcast.com. Uh, or thewoodworkingpodcast.com. <laughs> <laughs> the woodworking or thewoodworkingpodcast.com. That was from my Instagram page. I don't know if I posted a link there or not. But anyway, you can find all of the uh, good audio vibes from thewoodworkingpodcast.com. That's right, Jim. That's right, Jim. That's right. I can't do it. I'm not even going to try. Jim, live from Covington, Kentucky. Uh, rye, rye underscore and 71. Rye and 71. 
What is the best place to source local wood or stock without paying the big prices at hardware chains? The best way to source. What did I say? I don't know, but you didn't say way. <laughs> I think you said place, best place. Anyway, what is the best way to source local wood? I was paraphrasing. <laughs> the best way is to live next to Nick Ferry. <laughs> Dude, Nick has some great local suppliers. But if you're not if you're not in that same area, um, I know that you can get on on forums like Lumberjocks or some of the other woodworking uh, forums and post locations there. And oftentimes people are giving away or selling for cheap their uh, cutoffs, scrap wood, like the local cabinet shops or custom woodworkers. So that's always a good a good spot to start, I suppose. And, and Craigslist, I, I know the Craigslist by me is just absolute crap, but you can see, you don't have to like camp out on craigslist and i'm sure jay will know more information on this but i think there's like programs to where you can say search for like these words like oak and rough sawn and stuff and once you know a craigslist notification by you pops up it'll it'll notify you yeah you can get notifications and stuff like that um but best another way to so- source is uh uh talk to um local hardware stores like these mon pod chains not the uh big box stores uh, people in the smaller community areas tend to, somebody knows somebody who knows somebody, you know, that eventually has access to like a bandsaw mill or and you might be able to find one locally. Um, but other than that, like, um, um, what are those, I'm, I'm, I'm losing the word, uh, companies who cut down trees. I just want foresters, loggers? Uh, foresters, loggers, like urban, uh, anyway. Oh my gosh! There's a word I'm trying to think. Tree, of oh, tree trimming services. Something like that. There's a specific arborist. Term. Yes, that's the one I was going for. Anyway. All right. Ding 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 ding. Yeah. Anyway, arborist. I have no clue what I was gonna say. Uh, yeah, contact them. See if see if people um, uh, who do cut down for a living, uh, you know, have you know trees come down and and just have to dispose of these this wood. Well, you might be able to score some. Yeah, or if you even even if you see like a development going up. Try and talk to whoever's you know in charge of the development. If they have to clear some trees and stuff, a lot of times they'll be they'll be happy to you know they have to fell a tree and if if you can be by you know relatively quick those those situations you always got to be super quick because they're not going to be holding up their development you know while you, oh, I'll be by next week or something you got to typically go same day or next day but and then also keep your eyes open if I mean now granted I live in a rather rural area. But if you see any type of farms or larger pieces of property and you see a bunch of stickered wood next to a shed or barn or whatever, uh, go knock on some doors and, I mean, be prepared that they might, you know, shoo you away. But uh, They might be really time, cool. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, we, we did that with, with Jay and April when they were here. I get my firewood from a guy down, down the street and I've never talked to him before Jay and April went over there and we were like, hey, you got any, you know, stuff that's not split that we could throw on the lathe? And he had a, a fair amount of stuff to be able to you know, putts around with on the lathe. And then uh, the only other one I would probably suggest is check your local woodworking clubs because a lot of times those clubs will are, form somewhat of a, a cooperative to where they can buy um, hundreds of board feet and then they just divvy it up so that they get the bulk prices. And sometimes, you know, maybe they only do that once a year, but that's something to check into for sure. Aaron Ubeck, Ubank. Uh, do you all, do you all have any interest in wood carving? If so, what project would you like to incorporate it into? Yeah, I think carving is really cool. I don't know if I'll have a knack for it or not. It seems like it takes a really uh, special talent, much like drawing does. 
but I'm definitely interested in it. Yeah, uh, a carved, well, there's all kinds of different types of carving, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't say power carving, something like a uh, Sam Maloof chair. I'd love to do something like that. It's nowhere in the near future and not in any of the cards right now, but I'd love I'd love to do some type of like a Sam Maloof rocker or something like that. Yeah, I, I was thinking about this completely hand tool-wise, and then Jay said power carving. You know, around here, like chainsaw carving and power carving, I have like almost zero experience with that. I'd always like to give that a try. But then, yeah, hand tool carving, whether it's, you know, florets or, you know, I would I would like to try it. It's just not immediate on my radar because, and maybe I could be wrong on this, but it seems like the, the cost to get into it could be substantial. Even if you just get four or five, you know, hand carving chisels and different shapes. And I don't, you know, it's it's just more time in the day. I wish I had more time in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think both. I was actually, I packed my chainsaw and my right angle grinder, a Dremel tool, a few different tools to take down to my folks with me because I was actually going to try chainsaw carving and uh, just didn't get around to it because the shower ended up taking an additional day that I wasn't counting on. And uh, so definitely going to try that in the near future. But yeah, even the hand tool carving, I think, looks super interesting. I was recently in Atlanta, Georgia, and so was Jim uh, with Stumpy Nubs. And he was sitting there with the hand chisels doing flowers and leaves and stuff like that. And it just looked so therapeutic and gorgeous. So I, I'm, I'm definitely interested in both aspects. I don't know about paragraph carving, um, maybe what did you guys think um i showed april a, a a golf ball that i had gotten from a gentleman oh, yes. in our local woodworking club and she's like i need need one of these so we went and visited him and he had must have been 50 to 100 different really really nice carvings yeah i mean that's amazing what did you think of the carvings jay uh they were great they were really great uh he had a lot of uh it looked it hit, all of his stuff was like small like um you know, peewee football size type stuff. And then, of course, those golf balls or whatever. Those are really, really intricate and really cool. Uh, very few people have the knack for that. I've never given it a try, but I, I'd like to... Uh, uh, I think that would be a relaxing kind of, like, if you don't have anything else to do and like a, a like a fall afternoon on a front porch with a rocking chair, which reminds me of Stinnett Sticks. Uh, there's a video from Stinnett Sticks on YouTube I shared in around the web post a couple weeks ago or a month ago, or something like that. Uh, I'll post a link to it in this podcast article as well, but this guy took a, a this weird a shaped... branch that yeah. was like 90 degrees, right? Yeah, it was a weird shape, like an L, like a perfect L-shaped uh, tree branch, and carved, it, uh, carved a cane out of it, but in the carving was a snake wrapped around the cane, and the way you put your hand was like right underneath the head of the snake. Anyway... Phenomenal, phenomenal that. carver as well as artist because he painted it afterwards. Mm-hmm. But definitely check out that video if you haven't already done so. It's 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 just amazing. And just the vision too. With uh, I like to go out to my shop when I go to build like cabinets and stuff, and just kind of a couple numbers I jot down. The rest is all in my head. This guy's got a vision for the three dimensional realm of that snake being interwoven around the cane, all out of one solid piece. It's just it's amazing. Yeah, it is, and it takes a real talent that. I think takes the uh, the it takes a natural talent is what I mean. All right, the next question. Uh, let's see. I guess this will be the last question. Uh, how do you say this name? X e g e s i s. Exegis. He said, 
I was just curious why uh, he or she said, I was just curious why we don't see more longer complex projects from most woodworker videos. Uh, and by videos, if you are specifically referring to YouTube, uh, it's the the overall generalization of YouTube content that that works is not longer format. Now, there's some exceptions to that. Like uh, I was talking to, I think it was April about this, like Vice uh, a channel on YouTube. They, they make longer videos and they still have a great audience. So you can make it work with longer stuff if you can keep people interested. Um, but the, the general... Um, premise of YouTube is, is quick stuff. It seems like, you know, uh, we live in a world of instant now, now instant, everything's on our phone and, and people lose their attention span quite, quite more frequently than I think they once did with media. I know with me, I, I did that TV lift cabinet out of cherry and I just, that was setback after setback. I mean, I, I, I had broken my hand in there. I was out for a month and a half, but that went over. I just, you know, but that was, I didn't plan that out properly. That should have been going on in the background. And then I should have kept on doing, you know, the smaller stuff. But I do plan on doing like a multi-part video series for a larger project, say, um, you know, like an armoire or um, even like a, a king bed set or anything, you know. But it's it's just more organization. It's more, okay, I have to have these files to put them over here and I kind of like starting going from A to Z on something and then finishing it out and then A to Z. It's hard to have another another project in the background. Yeah, woodworking videos that are long, you generally see longer content in in the paid content realm. So it's just YouTube's a funny thing. It it generally speaking, shorter the better as far as mm -hmm. like audience retention and such. That doesn't necessarily mean you can't make longer videos, you know. Yeah, it's it's not to say that it can't work. It's just generally speaking, it's very difficult to make it work. And I mean, even even the prep time that goes into making a big, uh, complicated project, the the amount of time that it takes you to design it and really think it through, then gathering the materials and then actually complete the project, um, it's just it's just difficult to do that if you're trying to put out consistent content and if you're trying to make it on YouTube then consistent content is key. So there's just a lot of factors that play uh, behind this, that come into play that are behind the scenes that a lot of people who are just watching the videos might not really think about. And with that, I think we've answered them all. Oh, we got one more, but we're running short on time. Uh, we'll save that one for next week. We may or may not have a podcast next week. Just depends on uh, this whole woodworking in America thing and see if we can't figure something out. Um, but if we do not, then we apologize and we'll catch you in a couple weeks. Uh, but we do want to remind you that there's a couple different ways you can stay up to date with the podcast and get notified of any new content. You can go to thewoodworkingpodcast.com or thewoodworkingpodcast.com, <laughs> however you want to pronounce it. And at the top, you'll find three clickable buttons to subscribe on Android via RSS or on iTunes. If you do leave, uh, or if you do use iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. Uh, it is very much appreciated. And we do thank all of you who have already left a review. If you'd like to help contribute with the show, there's a couple different ways you can do that as well on the website uh, with the contribute button, or you can go to patreon.com slash the woodworking podcast. That's it. Thanks for listening. You guys take care and we'll catch you next time. Whenever next time actually is. I don't know. Bye everyone. Catch you later. <laughs>